Trading Nut, episode 157. Uh, one of the biggest problems is somebody buys some Gucci software, but they will look for reasons to get in a trade. That is totally the wrong mindset. You've got to find reasons not to get in a trade. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to uh, another installment of the Trading Up podcast. Today, we've got Paul Bratby on the show. Now, Paul is a trader from the UK, now based in Spain. Uh, he's got over 20 years of experience, and he's going to give you guys a simple, super simple way to trade Elliott Wave. So if you ever wondered about Elliott Wave and thought, man, this thing's just so complicated, which I've done in the past, he, uh, we talk about a very simple way to approach it uh, in the show, along with the other strategies. And look, this guy's got tons of them uh, that he uses to trade Forex, crypto, stocks, and futures. So he trades across the board. Um, this guy's a real deal. So we did a video afterwards as well. So you get to see some of uh, the strategies in play with the software that he's created as well. So really interesting stuff. Now, before we jump into that amazing interview, I just want to tell you about an email I got this week from a past guest, Christian Franchi, from episode 152. Now, he is now back on the top of the Global World Cup trading challenge with 132% done in six months. And he let me know that if you guys do want to follow his journey and copy what he's doing or copy these trades exactly, he's made it available to do that now. And it's very simple. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, and to find out how to do that, what I've done is I'm going to put a link in the description on either the video or both the video and the podcast and in the card above. Or you can just go and find his interview on tradingnut.com. Uh, it'll be episode one, 152. And there'll be details there on in terms of how you can copy the same trades he's using to get him to the number one on the World Cup trading challenge. So guys, go and check that out after listening to the show. Uh, another thing to check out are my Robot Builders Club. I've got a special offer running this month of January 2022. If you do want to take that up, then head over there, find out what it is. It does involve two performance tests that you can check out in real time as they're going on right now. Now, this thing's not going to be available forever, so if you're looking to automate some or all of your trading, then now's the time to jump on board and uh, learn how to do that, take that skill on board and use it going forward with your trading. Last but not least, before we get into the show, we've got the uh, genius trader hitting the uh, airwaves. Hopefully it comes in before the end of January. It might be early February now, but it's definitely coming. Stay tuned for genius trader as well. Let's get on with the show. Here we go. Hey folks, my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, have just launched some amazing changes to their funded trader program. You gotta check out. You can now skip the whole evaluation, trade gold as well as Forex, plus they've increased the drawdown you're allowed in both the evaluation and when funded. With C2A, it's even faster and easier to reach up to $4 million in funding with a 50 to 70% profit share. Click the link in the description to find out what else has changed. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Paul Bratby here on the show all the way over there in Spain from uh, Global Trading Software. Welcome to the show, Paul. 
Hi, Cam, thank you very much. Uh, I know it's late for you there in New Zealand, so <laughs> thanks for staying up. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, and look, guys, just so you know, Paul doesn't, uh, it's, it's not a software company per se, it's a trading software company, right? So, and this is all based on what you trade and how you trade, and we're going to find out all about that today. So um, don't get scared off if you thought you're on the wrong podcast here, guys. We're talking about trading. That's what we're going to talk about. So, Paul, to start off with, uh, can you tell the guys how you got into trading? Okay, so uh, at the age of 17, I joined uh, the British Army. I was an engineer, an engineering manager, so mathematics sort of engineering. And uh, as anything with the military, the pay is not brilliant. So I had to find ways of trying to supplement it, you know, with young children and everything. I started driving taxis, for example. Uh, but then I just got um, my first sort of toe, toes, dipping my toes in with, with Forex a little bit, just trying to make that bit of extra cash. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the whole, the way charts were set up and everything, it sort of resonated with me with, you know, with my engineering and, and mathematics background, really. So that's what started and I started part time, and like many retail traders, I lost quite a few thousand to begin with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> learned the do. hard way. Yeah, yeah. And so, how did you get? Like, I mean, what was the sort of inroads? Because what I, really intrigues me as to how people ended up where they ended up. Uh, so, how did you start off? What were you doing on the charts? So what I was looking for really was patterns because, again, with, with maths and engineering, it's all about patterns and rules. So I was trying to figure out a way to understand those patterns that were being formed. Uh, and then obviously later on in, uh, in my career, if you like, it was really understanding that those patterns were formed by behavior. Uh, and then, you know, trying to formulate that and, you know, one of my first sort of exposures really to to try to identify and um, label a pattern, if you like, uh, was the dreaded word Elliot wave. Uh, most people turn off at this point. But to be honest, uh, I read a book called High Probability Trading by Milner, and it, I had to read it four times because it was so difficult. Uh, and I Is think a lot Robert of people... Milner? Was it Robert Milner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Robert, yeah. 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 So, uh, again, everybody's really clever, but you don't need to look clever to try and explain something. And that's, you know, so I had to read it five times and I had to dumb it down for me. You know, I'm from the north of England. I do have a degree in maths and engineering, but still learning something new. I had to dumb it down and just stick to a certain amount of rules. And that's what I did. Uh, so I, I got rid of all the noise and just looked at rules. Where, where was uh, that pattern what's the highest probability move within that pattern and started to formulate my own strategy around those rules and develop my own rules and that's you know that's what really sort of got me going really and, and that was where you were like sort of destroying the the few thousand dollars that you'd put into it or in terms of experimenting with these patterns or had you at that point yeah yeah trying to understand the patterns and trying to trade them and understanding, you know, at that point I didn't realize that economic data points uh, were so, um, so important, for example, especially if you were trading Forex uh, or even stocks when you're looking at earnings and things like that, or, uh, you know, you've got Powell speaking now and he upsets the markets and, you know, Mr. Trump tweeting 
recently as well. There's there's so many sort of data points that affect that behavior. And, and initially, I wasn't aware that that was so important. So even though you've got a great looking pattern forming, and yes, that's the trade I'm going to take, all of a sudden, some economic, economic data drops, and it totally ruins the pattern. And I was, you know, those that learning process and understanding uh, those data points were can affect anything uh, yeah. that you're trying to do. Uh, what was was a hard learning curve, but obviously I, I learned it. Yeah, especially I, I suppose when things are going in your in your favour, and then all of a sudden, uh, as I had a guest on, I think it was a couple of days. Oh, it was actually today. It was this morning, and he he was talking about how price just he was two hundred pips in profit, and it just sunk to minus fifty uh, because somebody yeah. had tweeted or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so going back to the fact that you know people sort of turn off at the sound of Elliott Wave. I mean, what's your view on, I suppose, being pro-Elliott Wave versus something else uh, in the market? I think, to be honest, it's it's one of the strategies I use, and it's my it's what I call my bread and butter. So I only use it for for swing trading stocks, and it's been my bread and butter now for probably fifteen of the twenty years I've been trading. Uh, because it's it's that slower growth, it's more predictable, uh, and you know people try to overcomplicate it, but I just trade the fifth wave. It, it's the it's the highest probability move because everything else has happened before. So don't worry about getting in that third wave. Don't worry about how that wave to you know. Don't worry about all those fib levels. Just trade the fifth wave because all the other rules have been met before you get there yeah so you're just getting on the train it's stopped at a station and you're getting on the train yes it's not as sexy but to be honest you don't need sexy you just need consistent winning uh and you know they're the high probability trades and to, to be honest some of them you know uh, i look at the way that the, the profit taking goes on that way four, and that behavior is really important to me so i've got a set of rules it's like a checklist Check, 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 check. 85% probability it's going to go and uh, get that fifth wave. I'm going to go in. What's my entry strategy? Um, I don't really care. I I, I guess I understand the theory, but you don't need to understand the theory. If you've got a, and again, I developed the software to take all of that need to understand and learn. Uh, If something's trending and it pulls back against the trend, if you can measure that, and then get back in on the trend. That's all you need. You don't have to call it Elliot Wave, but you know that that, that yeah. it, it's a meaningful way to actually uh, have that consistent way to 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 label that trend. Uh, but to trade that fifth wave, you're just getting back on the train again, uh, and and that's all you need to do. You don't have to call it Elliot Wave; just call it trend trading. Uh, but every trend has a pullback against a trend because there's always some profit taking. There's always um, so if you're in a stock, for example, and it's in a long bullish trend, at some stage, institutional traders will start to take part of their positions off. And that that in reasonably high volume of that selling will pull back against the trend. And that's what you call yeah. profit taking. Yeah. But they're not dumping all of their positions. So it won't last forever. It runs out of juice like a roller coaster. And then when it runs out of juice, it starts to go back up again some of these institutional traders start to buy again and that it forces it up again. And you, all you're doing is you're a little bit behind the time as a retail trader because you haven't got the, um, the buying power, but just wait for the train to start leaving the station and jump on. 
you know that's 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 it's simple it's simple as that don't try and get involved in all and trying to understand all of the the theory and everything behind it because you don't need to you just need to understand that it's pulled back against the trend and you're going to get back in again and in what markets are you trading these across typically so uh with with, with elliot wave really it's just sort of stocks and recently cryptocurrency uh, i've you know i've been blown away with cryptocurrency because that's pure behavior. So when we talk about a trend, um, trend is dictated to by behavior of traders. Okay. So, um, but with stocks, you will get things that upset those apple carts like a Trump tweet, uh, like poor CPI data or the CEO of the company that you're in has been caught with his pants down or something like that. And, And things can happen, but with crypto, there's no economic data that's going to affect that. There's no, you know, yes, you're going to get a, a tweet from um, Tesla CEO or whatever yeah. it is. But it, on the whole, crypto's pure behavior. Now, I've been trading Solano since $25 on Wave 4 pullbacks with Elliott Wave. It hit $250 <laughs> recently. It's just pulled back on another Wave 4, the same with Helium. And it went through my entry, so I got some more at 220. Uh, so the behavior is very pure with crypto. Uh, and again, because of my experience with stocks, you know, I do trend both long and short uh, with that trend as well. So if something's in a bearish trend and it pulls back against that bearish trend, I'll get in mm. when it starts falling again, as long as my rules are met. That's the important thing. And uh, I suppose tr- trying to um, master the Elliott wave, I mean, you said you're, I'm, you're just focused on the fifth wave. When did you come to that realization that I, I don't need to know everything? I just need to know when to get in and very end of it. When, when did, uh, was that? Was that like a sort of like an aha moment, or you you just yeah naturally it was an epiphany it? moment because everybody was saying you've got to get in that third wave. It's the it's the biggest move. It's the you know it's that that crunch moment. But a lot of them fail, and what. For, for me, for example, I need to I need to understand um, the, the pattern, the trend, but also I need to understand the rules. So there was more rules involved with measuring that wave four before the fifth wave happens. So I, I could, you know, as a as an engineer in the military, there's there's always a checklist for something. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you've always got to remain disciplined. It's even going back to the basics of stripping a rifle and cleaning it and putting it back together again it goes in order and if you're stripping that weapon and you find that the the firing pin or you've got a dent where the firing pin goes and all that sort of thing you spot that it gets changed and then on the other hand you go to the other thing i was an engineering manager for people that looked after you know all my guys used to look after main battle tanks and things like that so there's an order in which uh things happened and if they didn't happen in that order something got broke Mm. um so it was you know as soon as i realized that there were less rules for all the other waves but there was so many you know there was a set sort of observation rules for that wave four and i could actually see that behavior on a chart and measure it and if all those rules were met the probability of that fifth wave move was so high I, you've got no choice but to get in. It, it'd be rude not to. Yeah. Uh, so that's what made 
you know, after a while you think, I'm trying to get in this, it's failing. I'm trying to get in this, it's failing. Uh, and then, you know, you start, to, I start to decipher that really complex book. I mean, I mean, some of the textbooks that I had in, in engineering were a lot clearer than that um, your high probability trading book. I mean, this thing is just all about fibs and, you know, and this, that and the other. And it's, you know, you, you just absolutely go nuts trying to understand it. But take all that away and just read what you want to read to, to understand where that highest probability move is. That's fantastic. And then, obviously, doing that manually was reasonably complex for me. And a lot, of, and, and that's why a lot of people give up, because it's complex. Mm. So I paid somebody a lot of money to say, right, this is what I'm looking at. Can you put that visually on a chart for me? So when it hits that wave four support, if we're going long, and I can measure how that wave four behaves with a special stochastic and an oscillator. Um, if I can see those on a chart and I go tick, 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 all I need then is an entry. Yeah. And if I use the same entry method each time, and uh, I've got zones for that pullback, I've got a green, amber, red. So green is 85, amber is 80, red is 75. If the wave four pullback uh, goes beyond that red zone, I don't trade it. I don't trade the fifth wave. It's it's a hard and fast rule. If it pulls back into the red zone, it's a 70%, 70 to 75%. But um, I'm more conservative on the entry. I want to make sure that I'm running after the train and jumping on when it's leaving the station rather yeah. than jumping on just as it's starting to move. Um, so, and that's, that makes it easier for me to, to trade them because I can visually see hmm, that pullback's put, found nice support. Or if we're going short, it's pulled back up. It's, you know, it's got good resistance in those pullback zones. The stochastic's good. The oscillator's good. Check, check, check. Where's my entry? And that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you say that. I, I did a course years ago where uh, the guy had like probably, I don't know, 20 steps to get the entry if not more and each step had a different thing and it was like so he had to go through the whole process and he was like getting people to do 60 screenshots a night of each different step and then you put them yeah. all together at the end anyway long story short um then i found out about three years after doing the course that the guy teaches it only looks at the last step <laughs> because of the because <laughs> the last step is the only one that's important and then he gets in when it when, it, when the last step forms and it's like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Anyway, um, so you've moved, so you decided to put it into software. I mean, to me, that sounds like there was a time kind of element to it that you wanted to to condense down. Um, yeah. Does the software give you alerts when it hits those uh, that point? So uh, that you can come not on screen, every, because we develop it for lots of platforms. So uh, one of the best platforms that I use now and I love is trading, you know, and we, we can set alerts when that wave for you know those pullback zones we talked about, we can set alerts when it hits that zone. Right. So we know, hey, Mr. Trader, you know, this particular stock has pulled back into the wave four zone. Take a look. Start to do your simple work. And that's that's it. Um, you know, there's there's other bits of software. You talk about this complicated step that this other guy talked about. I do have a, a like a trend reversal or getting early on those trends type of strategy. But again, that was 12 points of control and my chart looked so messy, but it worked. 
But again, there's some very clever people out there. I said, right, these are my 12 points of control. This is how I grade a trade, uh, grade it three, four, five, or six star trade. And so now we develop that and it's called the expert algo. None of those 12 steps are included. All it does is print and alert a four, five, six star buy or sell. That's it. And that's what trade retail traders need now. What they don't want to do is spend, uh, like I did, months and years learning the hard way. And technology has developed so much in the last 20 years for trading. I don't think there's a need to uh, swamp yourself in books trying to learn a convolute type strategy only to find it doesn't suit your style. It doesn't suit the time that you can sit in front of a computer and everything else. You, what you need is something quick, simple to follow, and visually tells you the story. Mm. Um, because it's all about the behavior. You can understand that behavior from, from the chart without it being overcomplicated. You're going to be consistently successful. You're not going to be spending time second guessing yourself and going back and, you know, through this book and oh, that says that, but this book says this. And, you know, what am I doing? It gets so confusing. Um, so, so yeah, that's, you okay, know, so you've got to cool. keep it simple. Yeah. So, yeah. And then look, it is, it is a, uh, I suppose a big issue for people is, uh, especially if they're working a day job, how do they like transition from that into trading without like spending all their waking hours at the charts? I mean, if somebody have you got like sort of a roadmap that you give somebody who comes on as a a new client they they get the software that sort of says right here's what here's how we recommend you use it um to get the best out of it from a i suppose managing their time point of view yeah i mean to be honest if if they're if they've got a full-time job and a family and everything like that time in front of the computer is very difficult so uh how I started when I was doing it part-time is I soon found out that I, I couldn't be there at the most volatile times because of my job in the army. Uh, so the idea was, right, what can I trade? What strategy can I use where I don't need to sit in front of the computer? I can just do an hour a day. So um, the idea with swing trading those stocks is that uh, on a daily time frame, the US, and I only traded US stocks really, um, because there's more movement in them. Uh, the market opens and closes every day and it prints a candle and there's volume for that candle and there's, it's with a trend or it's pulling back. So every morning I would get up early, US markets close at, uh, in Europe, sort of 10 p.m., it's 9 p.m. in, uh, in the UK. Um, you literally get up early in the morning, see how things have closed the previous day, look for your setups, set them up, put stop limit orders in, try and forget. Yeah. It's it's easy because uh, it's not as sexy as, you know, like this morning I traded gold pit open. Some of our users were on our discord group and, you know, most people uh, made 700 to a thousand dollars in what was it? An hour, less than an hour. So it's not as sexy as that, but if you can't be there, for that European gold pit open, or you can't be there for the pre-market for the US session, what can you do? And swing trading stocks isn't sexy, but if you start building momentum with that, over a year or two, you'll start to get the 80% win rate, decent risk reward, that sort of thing. You will start to accumulate profit to such an extent where 
you might be able to go part-time at work and actually trade one or two days. And you can choose those volatile days when you want to trade futures when there's lots of data. So, you know, it's you can't do it instantly. If you're fortunate enough to have uh, the, the cash behind you to, to trade full-time, then that's different. But most people see this as an opportunity to probably get out of a job and to be their own boss, but you can't do it instantly. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to realize that you need a two to three year plan to generate enough uh, account size to then to say, to take that big plunge because that salary check coming in every, every month or every week is, uh, it, you know, I haven't had that since I left the army. Uh, you know, I've had to basically do it myself um so that that crutch is gone so that adds extra pressure to you so if you take two to three years understanding the behavior of the markets by just swing trading those stocks and starting to build some more confidence uh, and things like that maybe when you have a couple of weeks off work uh, look at um look at futures look at those expert algos or those range breakouts or something like that uh, and you think, actually, this is good. Next time I have some time off work, I'm going to trade it again and start to build it up slowly. There's no get rich quick scheme. I'm sorry. It, yeah. It's not, it, you know, it it, it, it it takes time. It takes hard work. Um, and it really takes a lot of discipline. And, and so I know you've done Elliott Wave and you've done other, you've got some other strategies as well that you use. I mean, how did you sort of transition from that to come up with the other ways that you, uh, the other strategies that you use? So again, it's all about uh, uh, ob- observing behavior in the markets, whether that's the gold market, the oil market, uh, index futures, Forex, crypto. Uh, for me, over the years, I've been able to identify certain behavior. And I look at volume, average volume, price action. I look at points of control. Uh, and one of the bigger things for me is understanding how to frame the chart with support and resistance zones, non-linear support resistance with trend channels, that sort of thing. So for me, I can start to understand and see behavior. So one of the biggest things for me over the last few years was, was, was try to help traders be able to manage the trade and not panic uh, and get out too early. That's one of the, you know, for day traders, for example, that's one of the, it's one of the things why people don't sort of, or traders, retail traders, don't generate enough profit because they get out too early and then they come back and see the charts gone gone down you know a mile it's literally it's gone to the bottom of the ocean and then they start to to doubt themselves and then and then another trade they'll go in they they, you know they leave it and it goes against them so for, for me i've always looked at volume price action average volume understanding when a, when a, a, a particular time frame like a five minute candle or whatever it could be a daily candle if it rejects highs and lows on higher than average volume there's a good chance if we get that candle continuation the following candle that's going to continue down so what i did was speak to the guys over the last few years to try and develop something visually with a set of rules to say and it's called the manager so you've got to listen to the manager, like a soccer manager or a football manager. Oh, yeah. You've got to listen to them. And if they say, don't get out, don't panic, and I'll show you that uh, later, 
um, you stay in the trade. And one of the big things with our followers at the moment is they keep saying, I'm listening to the manager. I'm listening to the manager. Oh, and right. that's what you've got to do. Because I said to them, it's like having me on your chart. You listen yeah. to Uncle Paul and you will maximize your profits consistently and you won't get out too early. And that's the problem with a lot of retail traders is uh, sometimes even when swing trading stops, I have an inner circle of traders, uh, they've got large account balance, but sometimes when I put a target on there, it's it's a target that we would like to achieve. But sometimes those targets can be run through. Don't be too quick to get out. If that momentum's going, it's going to blow through your target. Happy days. You know, you don't want to just, you know, just every time it hits the target, boom, boom, out, out. And again, I'll show you a, an example on a swing trade using Elliott Wave on a weekly time frame, uh, you know, one of, one of the stocks that we're still in right now, and I didn't take that profit at the target, is because the momentum and volume taking it through that target was so high, there was no way it was going to bounce off there. It was like a train on a mission that had run away. Uh, and that's what you're looking for because there was no support and resistance, uh, you know, zone. So, so again, um, Back to your original question, depends on what time you've got, but start slowly, start yeah. what suits your family, your time. And, and in terms of like, I mean, just sort of thinking, piecing it all together, like you've got these different strategies, you've got an, an, a way to get out of the trade. Uh, I haven't heard about stops yet, but I, I assume that you, you've got a place to put stops. I yeah. mean, have, have you thought about, or did you ever consider fully automating what you've got? into a we've into done a, it already you've done it already okay right so there's a fully automated <laughs> solution okay uh, it's it's on trade station at the moment so we yep. we have auto traders for es nq and the micros for those and oil uh and they've got profit factors in the threes and fours they, it, you know so it's oh. very selective it, it, it goes on that expert algo those 12 points of control it uses the manager to manage the trades I mean, you know, some days or some weeks, we don't, it doesn't trade. But when it does, boom, yeah. So, yeah, we've automated it. It's The thing is with automation, it's about trust and it's about execution as well. So some brokers aren't brilliant on execution. So, um, you know, right now, we, we, you know, we've got those auto traders, they're singing on TradeStation. Uh, we're developing them now for Ninja Trader, but the execution on Ninja Trader uh, is a little bit more difficult because people have different data providers on Ninja Trader. Where TradeStation, it's just one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with with Ninja Trader, you can have Continuum, you can have Kinetic, yeah. you can have this, that, and the other. So its execution is a little bit more difficult. So, but I've got some very clever people working for me. So that will, uh, and then. You know, I'd love, we're, we're trialing at the moment to automate crypto spot trading. But again, what I've found with crypto brokers is that they're not sophisticated. They're not, they've not been in the game as long as the trade stations and the ninja yeah. traders. So none of them will allow you to go auto trade short. And that's where the big moves are on crypto Yeah. Um, because they can't get the execution. So we are working with a couple of brokers. So... At the moment, we can only do longs, yeah. and it works well. Um, but I think we're a, probably a year to 18 months away to automating crypto spot traders because, again, the the, the brokers, uh, they're just – I mean, to be honest, and this will probably offend some people, crypto traders are less sophisticated as well because a lot of them come in on the hype. They, they're not 
they don't have any technical awareness yeah. of what a chart, what behavior looks like. So, you know, if, if their mate Joe Blog says buy Shibu now, buy 10 million Shibu, who's going to go and buy it? It's yeah. really, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, the, and the, again, the brokers are less sophisticated. You can so actually uh, check, out, check out my sponsor, uh, Mudrix. They, they do automated, um, they allow you to place or at least uh, send through um, uh, signals to their platform, right. which then places the trades automatically on, yeah. on the crypto exchanges. So Mudrex. Mudrex, yeah, have, have, have a look at them. Now, um, going back to trading again, so uh, so w- when you're talking risk to rewards, I mean, th- with the profit factors you're talking about, you've got to obviously yeah. have a pretty decent risk to reward ratio. What does it typically look like for, well, let's just let's focus on your trading. Yeah, so my trading, uh, if I'm going to trade a fifth wave move, I need a minimum of 1 to 1.6. So if you can imagine the stop is under the wave 4 pivot, my entry is um, where it should be. I that is one whole one. So you know, um, to the fifth wave target, I need one point six. Yeah. So I'll risk one whole one to get to the one point six minimum. Now sometimes it's two or three. Fantastic. If it's one point four or one point three, it doesn't meet my criteria. I throw the trade trade idea away and go and fight there's eight thousand stocks out there there's always something to trade mm. <laughs> you, gotta, you know if it doesn't meet your risk reward criteria which is the last criteria so you found a great trade the wave force behaved uh, great um you know everything's checked the boxes you put your entry strategy together you put your stop on and then you measure, measure your risk reward if it's only one-to-one walk away and do you do any like multi-time frame stuff or is it all on a single time frame yeah, I, that's more complicate, complicated. So I do a, a multiple time frame strategy um, with weekly, daily, four hour on stocks. Uh, when I'm trading futures, I will look at one minute, five minute, three minute, 15 minute. It, you need a lot of screens. It's a lot of complex. I'm actually messing around with virtual reality right now because uh, even those with a one screen computer can have nine screens uh, in virtual reality. Oh, really? bloody awesome it's just it's and i've actually i i put my first trade on in virtual reality the other day seriously uh, which was pretty cool uh but again it depends on what hardware you've got and um your ability to concentrate uh again so you need a multiple time frame strategy when you're a serious stock swing trader because there are opportunities on lower time frames so uh, I, I did a mashup the other day with a with an options trading guy, uh, and, and again during that fifth wave move, you'll, you'll normally have a correction. Uh, so once once you started moving up, it comes back down again. You get a higher support, and it goes again. But you can actually trade that that move down uh, if you're on a lower time frame, and you, you can get a signal with something else. So it becomes complex. Uh, and again, if you're a newbie trader, concentrate on one strategy. Yeah. yeah exactly. And, you know, weekly in the daily time frame, swing trading stocks, just concentrate on that. Start to understand the behavior when you get those pullbacks during that trade on the 60 minute, the four hour. What's happening? What does it look like? Oh, it looks like an Elliott wave, but it's not a small, you know, you know. So just start to observe it first before, uh, you know, you know, I mean, I can do it. You know, as soon as I see a pullback against uh, my trade, I can measure that on a smaller time frame, and I can, you know, I can either add to my position after that pullback, 
or even trade against it on a different account and go short. There's lots of um, things you can do, but it depends on your skill level and experience. For a newbie trader, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that you would start to trade that straight away. It's just too complicated. Yeah. So, so with your like typical trading day, I mean, what would you? Because I suppose with a number of different strategies, uh, yeah. a number of different softwares, uh, markets that you trade, how do you break down your, your typical day? So I live in Europe. Uh, I get up at 7 a.m., take the dogs a walk. 8 a.m. is the uh, European Gold Pit Open, okay? Uh, that's my first trade of the day. Now, I may only trade that once or twice a week. So if there's no real good going short into support or, you know, there's resistance or whatever, um, you know, we I don't trade it. Then after that, breakfast with my wife outside and then – I then look into the stocks. You know, how did those US stocks close last night? Are there any potential opportunities for today? Uh, my current open swing trades, do I adjust the stocks to lock in more profit? That sort of thing. Uh, then I take a break. Uh, and then at um, 2.20 p.m. European time is the US gold pit open. <laughs> so I trade that. At 3 p.m., which is 9 a.m. EST, I have the oil pit open. And then we're going into the U.S. open and I'm trading futures. I, once, once I've got those futures trades out of the way, I will just check on the current, op- uh, the current swing trades. You know, has one of them hit my t- um, target for entry um, or has it actually... Before it's entered, has it taken out where my stop's going to be? Do I need to cancel the order? That sort of thing. Mm. That first sort of hour of the U.S. market open is very busy for me. Um, and usually within an hour and a half of the U.S. market uh, opening. So about, you know, 4.35 p.m. European time, I'm finishing. I'm in the hot tub. And are you doing all of the, all of this through one trading account, or have you got multiple accounts for different markets? And no, I've got multiple brokers? trading accounts. So uh, for stocks, I've got two different, uh, well, three different accounts: one for my blend investing portfolio, and two for swing trading. Swing trading, uh, the majority of it is in one account for longs, but I also have another account for counter trend trades against. So, and there with what's called contracts for difference. Uh, so for European New Zealand traders that they'll know what contracts of difference are. So if I'm gonna if I've got a pullback against my current trade and, and I'm measuring it looks good for a short, I'll go short on CFD uh, and I'll make some money on the way back down before it turns back around again. Um, and then with futures, I have um, I have a trade station account for my auto trading. Uh, plus I also do trade manually on there, but I also have a Ninja Trade account as well. Uh, so yeah, I've got about five different trading accounts. <laughs> I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to picture in my head, like so, like in the minutiae around this, around because I'm quite intrigued. Do you like close down a terminal and then when you're not using it, then open it up, or do you leave them all no, running at the same time? It's I've got two PCs running. One of them runs 24 hours a day because it's on the Auto Trader, and that's on one screen up there. Okay. Uh, the good thing about TradingView is I can connect that same TradeStation account on TradingView. So I can trade uh, uh, through okay. my TradeStation account on TradingView. Yep. Uh, I have the Ninja Trader account uh, open uh, most days uh, because I trade micros on that. So 
The idea with that is if we, uh, for, for example, yesterday, um, opening range for ES, um, I used the micros because we had a lot of data points, you know, just after the market opened. So there was there was chances that things could turn around. And in fact, they did turn around and everything went south. Uh, it wasn't straight away, um, but I was able to, to get those initial longs uh, and then uh, some of the shorts. So, but on a day like that, I won't use the trade station. I'll go to Ninja Trade and I'll just trade the microbes um, because it's about being sensible as well. Monday, Tuesday, I used full contracts, made a couple of grand a day. Yesterday, I probably made $400, uh, $400 on the microbes. Um, and you could talk, say to yourself, oh, you, you could have made four grand. But that's not the way to think about it. I've had a great week. I'm not trading for the rest of the week. Uh, and that's that's how it should be. You've had a couple of good days. You've got a heavy day today coming up. You've got some big support resistance zones. You've got power talking. There's too much that could go wrong. Reduce your risk. Use micro futures. And so, so I mean, or weather. So these trades you're talking about on, on a daily basis, how long are they running for? Um, typically, no more than an hour. Um, if we get a runner and the manager's saying stay in, because that's my brain, you know, I'll stay in and yeah. I'll miss the hot tub session and everything because I've got to stay in this trade and manage it. Uh, and, you know, all of a sudden my wife's knocking on the door saying, come on, dinner's ready. Go in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, what, and so what, what, so if they're running for an hour, I mean, you're obviously in, in and out on low time frames. What, what's the, uh, when you're managing it, what time frame are you typically managing it on? Or is it not, not matter? It could be anything. It doesn't really matter. I mean, to be honest, if I'm on a 15-minute breakout trade, um, after the first hour, if I'm still in it and still going, I'll probably go down to a five-minute. And, and we'll, If it's been a parabolic move, I'll go down to the five-minute. And um, there's different settings with the manager. So there's day trading, moderate, conservative, and aggressive, and there's swing trading. So if I've got a 15-minute move and it's going well uh, and I'm still in it, um the idea then is to go down to the five minute put it on day trading aggressive because it's been a parabolic move and i'll be more aggressive tr managing that trade so it really depends i mean uh, you know rty yesterday wasn't a fantastic move up so i was i was aggressive straight off the bat because it just wasn't moving like yes uh so you, it's about understanding the behavior what's happening within that first 15 minutes you can you can see whether it's going to pop or not Cool. All right. It sounds like it's a busy day when you're trading, um, and no, no wonder you want to have a couple of days off at the end of the week. Um, now, so uh, what about mindset? You've obviously had a lot of people come through and use your software, and even just in the groups that your 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 Discord group and stuff. Do you yeah. see any sort of common flaws with guys who are coming in and not making the software, which should, in theory, be simple work, or yeah. um, I suppose even guys that uh well, i suppose just general mindset things that you think they could improve on well I'm, I'm actually writing a book at the moment at the moment called the problem with retail traders oh right okay <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. are a lot of problems yeah. but uh one of the biggest problems is somebody buys some gucci software it doesn't matter from us or from where else but they will look for reasons to get in a trade yep that is totally the wrong mindset You've got to find reasons not to get in a trade. If you can't find those reasons, you're going to trade it. So if you've got a set of rules 
uh, and you've got a checklist of three things, okay? If one of those things isn't right, you don't get in the trade. You don't start putting um, other subcharts on there and other things that actually talk you into getting into that trade. The biggest problem with retail traders is they find reasons to get in a trade. So they'll read a book somewhere and they'll put this thing on the chart and they'll say, yeah, actually, although my rules have been broken, this is saying I should be trading now. And they'll find a reason to get in a trade. Um, you need the discipline to find reasons not to get in a trade. Mm. So, for example, if you're swing trading a stock uh, and it's very close, all the rules met, you've got good risk to reward, but earnings is in two dates. You're not going to get into That's the reason not to get in that trade, because you could just get tiptoed into that. Earnings are bad. It gaps down and you lose a load of money. Yeah. So you yeah. need to be aware and find reasons not to get in a trade. That is the biggest mindset thing I would uh, actually recommend. That, that is some fantastic advice. I've never heard anyone mention that on the in the show. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um, that's <laughs> great advice, though, because I actually find myself doing the exact opposite of like coming up with reasons like, oh, yeah, well, that, that level will probably break. No, it didn't break. Why didn't it break? Because it's a level that don't break. Um, okay, yeah. cool. That was awesome. Now, um, we're just going to jump into uh, a quick fire round here just to wrap things up uh, on the interview front. So how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, three and a half years. What's your favorite entry setup? Fifth wave of the Elliott Wave sequence. Love it. <laughs> uh, do you have any recommended trading book or resource? No, because they're all too complicated. I, all I would say is I've got a great YouTube channel because all I do is go through different, um, using the software, different type of market conditions. So the only way for people to learn right now, for me, is a, an easy media. So it doesn't have to be my YouTube channel, but find videos that will show you the, the same strategy, but in different market conditions. And what's those videos? All I would say is people that write these trading books want to look clever, but they make things overcomplicated. And I write from that uh, high probability trading uh, book that I read. It, it's just too complicated. Yes, you're really clever. Thank you, Robert. But I can't, you know, yeah, can. the average Joe, I, I've got a degree in maths and I couldn't understand it the first time. So... Don't get bogged down with buying a shitload of books, excuse the language. Watch some videos and really understand how that particular strategy works in different market conditions. That's that's the what the way to go. Um, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Okay, trading platform, TradingView, without a doubt, is my most favorite. Uh, I don't have favorite brokers because, to be honest, all brokers are there to 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 make money from you. Uh, so, you know, execution wise, um, you know, Ninja Trader and Trade Station Futures are very good. Uh, if you're sort of in Europe, you would probably look at IG markets for stocks or even Saxo. Uh, Saxo is brilliant. Um, if, the, if you're in the US for stocks, obviously TD Ameritrade is one of the biggest things, but their, their think or swim platform that we do develop for is old. And sometimes there's issues with execution. So, uh, you know, they've been taken over by Schwab now. Their, their platform's a little better in the U.S. Um, but again, it's very, their platform, Schwab platform, if they move to Schwab, is very limited on 
the technical analysis you can do. So for me, TradingView is available all the world round. And, from, and you know, I, I don't actually, I only use, I use TradingView for my technical analysis. If I'm, I, I only use my broker for execution. So I don't even, I, I have Saxo and IG. I don't even look at their charts. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I just put the trade on. The charts are on TradingView. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Hey, it's 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 uh, yeah. interesting. Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just one dollar per one hundred k. You can learn more at HankoTrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Hey, um, last question of the show: If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? You need to learn to frame your charts, support resistance zones and uh, trend channels. And because unless you understand where uh, institutional traders have make it, made a decision to turn uh, an instrument around, uh, you will never trade because then you'll be going short into support or you'll be going long into resistance. Uh, you need to learn where those decision points have been made you need to look on higher time frames, look at those pivots, join those pivots together, form a zone. It's not a specific price. It's not, you know, $630.40. It's between a zone of price. And you'll find that there are pivots when you look back, when you put a zone across uh, there. And if you're all of a sudden you're getting a signal to go long, but you're going into resistance, that's the reason not to get in the trade. Cool. Well, guys, we're going to actually jump into a price chart soon, so we're going to see some of this in action. Um, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Uh, I go to globaltradingsoftware.com, fill in the contact form. Uh, I've got a good team behind me anyway. Um, info at globaltradingsoftware.com would be probably the best way to go. Um, we do have a Discord group uh, for users, but also we've got people in there that don't use I will probably drop that link in as well, because to be honest, that's where I hang out. That's, you know, people ask me questions and if I'm around, I will give that, uh, those pointers, if you like. I won't give them entries, I won't give them stocks because I'm not there to give advice. My hourly rate's too much. Uh, But uh, I will help as best I can, whether it's stocks, crypto, futures, Forex. Uh, So that, that, discord group is probably the best way to actually interact awesome brilliant well look a big thank you to paul for sharing with us today everything we discussed here along with all those links are going to be in the show notes to find them simply search for paul uh bratley so there's a couple of pauls in the show now um in the search <laughs> box on tradingnut.com until next time i wish all my listeners trading happiness and success Right, folks, so there you have it. Interview with Paul done and dusted now. Do remember the video that we shot after the show is epic. In fact, he does use a couple of the techniques or a few of the techniques that I use in my own trading. So go and check that out. You're going to really learn a thing or two about how to trade. I think we go into crypto and Forex. So um, jump in there, have a look at that. Also remember, if you do want to jump on board with Christian and his World Cup Trading Challenge trades, then you can do that. Head over there to tradingnut.com, find episode 152 
Details will be on that page about how you can copy those trades with no monthly cost, which is pretty awesome, and no one-time cost either. Um, right, guys, last but not least, Robot Builders Club. You've got the uh, special offer happening in January 2022. If you do want to automate some or all of your trading, go and check that out while it's still around. Uh, and Genius Trader coming at the end of January, possibly first week of February. <laughs> we'll see. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.